0: This is James Duvall, and I want to thank you for listening to the first episode of season two. To kick off the season, Lisa and I would like to give away a personal growth tool that we both have found helpful in our leadership journey. It's the Scribe Bible Journal. Lifebooks has been so generous to provide us with two of these amazing journals to give away. The Scribe Bible Journal has so many great features. It is developed on the habit-forming practice of leveraging implementation intentions, and some of the features include daily journal entries, a place to record daily gratitudes, daily quotes and inspiration, a daily section to use the SOAP method for Bible study, as well as a two-year Bible reading plan and quick start guide. The giveaway begins today, January 4th, and will end on January 11th. The instructions for how to enter the drawing can be found in this week's Instagram post at Lively Last Podcast. You can find out more about the Scribe Bible Journal at lifebooks.co. You Welcome to the Live Lead Last Podcast and thank you for joining us for this first episode of a brand new season. I'm James DeVault and I'm here with Lisa, my amazing wife and co-host.
1: Hey friends, happy new year. We have been dreaming and processing about this new season of the podcast James, I'd say we're approaching this season of Live, Lead, Last with great anticipation. We have a stellar lineup of guests that will be joining us each week, and we are eager to introduce each of them to you, our listeners. One of the best things about the podcast is the opportunity to learn, grow, and be inspired by others and their stories. But we've also added some new cool elements.
0: Yeah, we have. A new feature that we've added this season is the opportunity for you to get new episodes, the show notes, bonus content, and some exclusive offers delivered directly to your so if you text the word live, live to 22454, you will receive a link to opt in for that service. And every Monday, you'll receive a new email with all that content built into it.
1: Gosh, I hope that's helpful for people. At the end of every year, many people will spend time reflecting on the year that has passed and planning for the year ahead. James, I know this is a regular rhythm for you and I. So today, listeners, James and I will interview each other about what we've learned in 2020 and what we're planning for 2021.
0: That sounds like fun. But before we get there, I think we need to have a little educational moment that we are calling It's a Beautiful Day Today. Each week, I want to take the mystery out of some of our treasured holidays like Donut Day or Fritter Day or National Dingaling Day.
1: What in the world?
0: Yes, it's actually a day. And the very important Walk on Stilts Day. You may not know the history behind each one of these holidays, but fear not because I'm going to give you the important deets every Monday. Today is a beautiful day because it's Trivia Day. Robert L. Birch of the Puns Corp created this day to raise our awareness of the significance of trivia and the development of human curiosity, science, and fun. Did you know that, Lisa?
1: I did not know that, but that sounds a little bit more intriguing than Still's Day.
0: Well, this is cool, too. Today is also National Spaghetti Day. So grab a big bowl, fill it with spaghetti, top it with a generous helping of your favorite sauce, maybe some meatballs, and dig in. Lisa, here's a bit of the trivia for you. See what I did there? Gotcha. Not sure if you're aware, spaghetti is one of over 600 shapes of pasta, but by far the most popular shape. You may have believed that spaghetti is from Italy. Did you think that? Yes. Yeah, I did too, but we're wrong. It actually dates back to ancient times. Arab cultures were selling dried spaghetti-like noodles in open markets in the early 1200s, and the Chinese were cooking pasta noodles as far back as 5000 BC.
1: This is why they've mastered Pad Thai, I'm sure. That's true. Yes. Yeah,
0: because (laughs) some people think Pad Thai is from Thailand, but it's actually from China too.
1: I did not know that. I was just thinking of the noodles I have in Pad Thai, so.
0: That's really funny. So here's what I found out about this saucy and carbaceous holiday.
1: Carbaceous. Carbaceous, you like that? In
0: 1950, the owner of Prince Macaroni Manufacturing Company, Joseph Pellegrino, got a bunch of different competing pasta makers to meet to consider joint promotion to sell more spaghetti, like Taco Tuesdays are today. The only day that made sense was Wednesday. So every Wednesday was Spaghetti Day. Sometime between 1950 and today, it moved from an every Wednesday celebration to an unofficial holiday that takes place on January 4th. And that's why today is a beautiful day.
1: I love it. So we could have spaghetti or we could have Pad Thai if we want to.
0: And play Trivial Pursuit.
1: I love it. It's so good. I feel like though, with all of these national holidays, people are making stuff up like National Siblings Day all my life. I'd never heard of that until the last couple of years. So I can't wait to hear what you are going to teach us about National Siblings Day. Well, if it falls on
0: the Monday, we'll find out.
1: I feel though that this seems to be historical, like it's been around forever, but we're just now hearing about it. So I'm a little skeptical about it. I want to start off our conversation looking back at the year 2020. With all its craziness and challenges, I have two questions for you, James Duval. What's your favorite memory of 2020? And if you could do a do-over in 2020, what would that one thing be?
0: Mm, Those are good questions. I think my favorite moment of 2020 was probably one of our two trips away. And most likely in Mexico, we went to Cancun. It was pretty cool. We got to eat at that restaurant with a celebrity chef. And just out of the blue, he happened to be there at the same time. So we got to meet him. I think that's one really cool moment. Also a really cool moment was when our son Parker got approved for his first home. Being in that process of celebrating that life achievement with him. I think that was a big moment as well. That I look back and go, that made 2020 really cool.
1: Especially because we've been quarantined up with him for an intense amount of time. So we're celebrating at a new level yeah. that he's going to be living in his own home and not in this home.
0: Yeah, when you have a man who's 6'4 and 230 pounds eating out of your refrigerator, I think uh, we're going to be able to put more money in than savings because our refrigerator won't be so exactly. barren. Exactly. Should
1: week. we mention that it was six eggs, half a pound of bacon, and five pieces of toast in one sitting? So That's yes, one sitting. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so. But yes, we are excited for him.
0: If I were to go back and do a do-over or have a again for 2020, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, rushing into trying to figure out how to do life instead of just being still and seeing how it was going to play out and getting into a rhythm. My personality type is go head in and head down. And a couple months into the pandemic, like many people, I was pretty tired just because I hadn't really paced myself well. So if I wanted to do 2020 over, I'd probably go back and tell myself, hey, slow down. The world's not coming to an end. Pace yourself. This is going to be a long journey. But again, nobody really knew that it was going to be almost a whole year of being quarantined, locked up. We thought it was going to be a few weeks. Now that we know what we know, I probably would have done that a little bit different. How about you?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that intensity of yours going through that season, it shook down and your brain, even though you were checking out of your computer and phone, your brain was still producing, achieving, strategizing, synthesizing information, figuring out how to do it. As the year progressed, you got better and strengthened that area. I'm going to start with my do-over, okay. and and then I'm going to talk about what I thought was amazing about 2020. My do-over is to not be so stressed and allow all conspiracy theories, all hype about all things, take me down a rabbit hole and into very overwhelmed Depression would be a very strong word, but certainly blue or down. I think that I also, as the year progressed, learned how to manage that and shape conversations that wouldn't allow me to go to that place. Not that those conversations aren't productive and aren't helpful, but if it isn't productive and helpful, then I'm not going to have that conversation and or am I going to elicit that with anyone. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I think your high six in Enneagram would probably play to that too, the worst case scenario, and not fearful. but tend to lean towards fear. Yeah,
1: I'm definitely threat assessing a lot with my Enneagram six. So whereas you could have a conversation as an eight with another eight or any other number, I don't know, and it'd be invigorating and stimulating. To me, it's exhausting and strikes fear in my heart or worry or concern about things that I actually can't control. So I'm going, you know, do my part and release the rest. Is that good for my I think that's good. My yeah. do over.
0: I mean it's not good, but it's good that you would that's do right. That over. But I think
1: I learned it by the end of the eight, nine months. But yeah. I wished I would have known it in the beginning. You know, twenty twenty provided a lot of fresh new innovation and ideas, even relationally, how to be relationally connected when you can't be connected, or how do you do the work that you do. And for us being in church ministry and our organization, we're trying to figure out how to do our normal life in light of a not so normal world. So our church world took a turn like we have never seen in our lifetime. We did not meet on site for six months. So how do you do church? When really, church is outside the walls of a building, but a lot takes place inside the walls of a church. So one of the creative ideas that came that I got to be involved with was providing virtual Bible study and community online for people as we weren't able to gather together in that time. And really, small groups weren't even gathering together. For six months, I worked on a small team of four people. To provide this service for thousands of people across the country and actually in a few other foreign countries yeah. also. It was really cool to meet people that way. The team of people that I got to work with were not the people I normally intersect or do work with in my world at church. Yeah. So it was really cool to solidify some new friendships around something that was so beneficial in a crazy season. It really was a new level of growth also for me because all of that was virtual and technology was involved. Yeah. And anyone who knows me, I'm trying not to say things like I'm not good at technology and I really don't like it because I am good at technology and I'm getting better. But, but James, just like
0: some people, everybody has challenges at times with technology.
1: But I was lacking the tenacity. Yeah. When you lack tenacity and you lack intuitive nature around technology, this is not a good combination. This is the challenge faced day in and day out. But you have to say, James, I have done a great job and I am pursuing learning how to be tenacious. You are. That's right. But to grow relationally with people via Zoom or Google Meets is really a challenge because I like human people in front of me. Yeah. And I did it.
0: Yeah, actually, to the point that you have been doing some coaching sessions with people on Zoom, which you would have never done beforehand, right?
1: What's amazing about that is it's easy to have a relationship with people on Zoom that you already know. Yeah, but it's hard for a high people people person like myself to establish relationships with people I've never met and make a connection with them through a screen. Yeah, it's been cool. fun. And it's good. and
0: the reality is that you did that for six months. There weren't very few technical issues that were your fault, and you became the honorary theologian. Because because you did Old Testament, and New Testament, and the Book of Revelation.
1: That is very gracious of you. One of my great team members, I call him Dr. Pastor Drew Haig. He's an amazing theologian. Learned so much from him. But I just got to host and bring levity yeah. between a lot of heavy information. He was a
0: straight guy and you were the funny girl.
1: That's right. He downloaded some great content.
0: And I would say along with the technology piece, one of the highlights for both of us this past year was starting this podcast.
1: Absolutely. And the
0: fact that we're starting a second season, a lot of technology, and we have haven't blown anything up is pretty, pretty cool.
1: And the truth is, I would think as many couples or many people listening to us today have found themselves binging on Netflix or Hulu or whatever, this podcast has been a time that we're pulling away from that rhythm, that pattern and saying, we're going to do something more productive with our time. Mm when we're not working and hopefully
0: helpful to people because tonight they're probably having spaghetti for dinner
1: that's right
0: (laughs) so for the last several years you and i and many of our friends have picked a word to frame our goals and aspirations for the year i was actually first introduced to this practice through john gordon's book one word that will change your life and i found that choosing a word for the year motivates me it encourages me it convicts me and challenges me and it really helps me to set to be goals instead of to-do goals. I think early on in my self-leadership, there was a lot of trying to accomplish things or to-do goals. But for the last several years, I've really been trying to enter into the year going, who do I want to be at the end of the year? So each year we pick a new word. And over the years, I've used words like youthful and focused, intentional. Last year, my word was extra because I wanted to go the extra mile and extra time, extra effort in the things. So
1: and- it was you who did this to us, the 2020, because it was an extra year. <laughs> it was an <laughs> it extra was year, a- exactly. Yeah.
0: We've been working on our words... For this year, Lisa, have you picked a word for 2021? What are some thoughts around that word?
1: Number one, I would love to say I love the framing around this that you give, which helped me establish my word for this year, to be goals instead of to do goals. Yeah. The interesting thing is I find with my word already this year, it's something I want to be, it is actually shaping what I do, mm-hmm. because I want to be this person, I can't do these things. And yeah. so it shapes the everyday actions. Of it's our- like what
0: James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, where your habits actually form your identity. So if you know who you want to be, you begin acting like that identity that you're trying to create. You put things around in your life that are going to move you towards the identity who you want to be.
1: Absolutely. James, typically you're thinking of this word well before the end of the year. Usually, probably around October, November, you're starting to stew on because you're that kind of guy. I actually usually think of it the last week of December, as I have this time. But I just want to encourage our listeners: you think of it starting November. I start thinking of it now, but it doesn't mean that I'm not intentional. I'm being intentional about I'm going to set and mark my next year out 2021.
0: Right. People are listening to this already in the new year. You may be thinking, "Well, it's too late." No, start right now. Find a word that's going to frame your year that's going to help set the tone to set the direction for your year. Which yeah. Is really important.
1: And there has been years that I haven't solidified my word until the last of January, 1st of February, and that's not even too late. So yeah. as we think of this word, we also process and pray about what, what the focus is. And usually you and I, because we're people of faith, we have a scripture that coincides with the word that we feel like we have and direction that God is marking out for us or wanting us to stretch and grow. in. I say that because that's what I did in the last couple of days as I've been processing this. So I'm 94.5% sure.
0: How did you get to the 0.5%? I don't
1: know how I made it up. I really should have gone with a, an odd number. Usually but it's like
0: 99.9%. I mean, yeah. But 94.5. That's odd.
1: It is. It is. I, anyway, I'm pretty sure this okay. is my word for 2021. I'm in the process of solidifying this. So have grace with me. I believe that my word is the word release. Mm. Liberate was a word that I was thinking about, and then you and I started talking about that. It wasn't really freedom, but it's closely related to liberate, Mm. a sense of freedom in my spirit, a sense of freedom in who I am, a sense of freedom in what I'm called to do. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of intentionality in what I do, but once I am intentional about how I treat others, what I put my hand to, what I put my hand to learning or working, if I do my best, then I can release the rest. Hmm. There's a verse in Proverbs. It says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. This was a verse in my life I had probably 15 some years ago that meant a lot to me. And I even had a little charm that had dice on it. There's an action that comes with that. We may throw the dice. I'm going to do the things I know I need to do. I'm going to be faithful with my relationships and friendships. I'm going to be faithful at the work I do. I'm going to be faithful at wrapping up my degree this year. But if I get a B and I know I did my best, I can release that and go, I did my best and not consume my mind and cause my little Enneagram six brain to ruminate and stir over and process of. But I think it, it comes down to, I want to have a spirit of freedom on me, free to do and be what God's called me to be and my relationships with my kids that I want to be the most amazing mom that I can be, but then release it to them to make the choices they need to make, God to intersect their lives where God needs to intersect their lives, but not try to control and manage that. I think there's more to it. I have some other things that I was researching this morning that I'm really excited about because there's a thing in Deuteronomy, it talks about the year of release. Mm. So I'm going to probably do some study in and around that in Deuteronomy. So yeah. that's my word.
0: I really like that that. And I think when you lean into the idea of release, it also allows you to move from procrastination to proactive movement. Sometimes when you hold on to something so long, it's hard to let it go, whether that's insecurity, a project you're working on, or something that you're dealing with. But I love this idea, you know, sometimes you just have to ship it, you know, you just have to say it's done and moving forward. And there's some big things in your life. I know that we've been processing through that you just have to go I'm releasing this, it's done, I'm moving forward. But there's also that ongoing day to day type thing. When you get stuck and go, Hey, I'm going to release this and right. let it go.
1: Well, what I have found is that no one imprisons me and controls me more than myself. Yeah, It's about me. It's really not about other people or other people managing what I can and can't do, or if I'm successful or not as a parent or all of those things, but just being released to go. I'm going to be intentional, faithful, and pursue all the things I know I need to do and That's God's called me to do, and then release the rest. That's good. Yeah, I already feel it You free. feel released. So I may not be 94.5%. I think you're more
0: like 99.9% there.
1: I think so. I think I'm here. I'm there. Let's just claim it. Release is my word. That's good. Okay, yeah, I'm so released about it. You're released. That's good.
0: <laughs> So my word for this year is give. I I am always challenged to be more generous in my life. I want to be generous with my time, with my resource, with my finances, with affirmation, with encouragement, with training and teaching. I just want to enter into this year with this mindset that I'm always going to give more. I think it's an area that I've, I'm always challenged in, and so I want to frame that. I'm reminded of a lot of scriptures in the Bible that talk about the generous person's life expanding and those who are stingy, shrinking. I want to make sure that I'm always growing in that area. I'm still working out what that's going to look like. I have some plans of how I'm going to play that out, but that's my word for this year is, is to give.
1: Yeah, and you did that in such a short, concise way. You've given more thought to your word, you can tell, because I had a lot more words
0: Yeah, I'm not 94.5. I'm pretty much 100% there.
1: (laughs) I do love it. But it's
0: cool because every year, like friends of ours, they'll get jewelry engraved or put Mm -hmm. the word on their wall. Or Mm -hmm. again, I think the concept is so powerful just to have a theme for the year. You know, if you're listening to it and you go, oh, that's cool. Give it a try. Take a few days and just process what you want to be at the end of the year. Maybe pick up that book. One word, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Read through it. It's a really quick read. You can read it in the afternoon and get the concept for it. It would just be a great tool to start 2021 maybe different than you have in the past.
1: I love this because we're able to share our word with our friends, encourage one another, hold each other accountable to what our word is, be inspired by what other people are doing. Mm. And it's a really positive stretching thing, which I know a lot of people have talked about 2020 not being so positive. This is a great focus and shift to get our minds in the right place and conquer 2021 in a different way. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's go through some rapid questions here and see how we're going to respond. So I'm going to ask you first, and then I'll let you ask me a question. Okay. Lisa, what advice would you like to give yourself as you begin the new year? Relax. Mm, that's a good one.
1: It's all going to be okay.
0: That's really positive. I think my advice would be, hey, James, at the end of 2021, don't eat yourself into oblivion and have to start out 2022 trying to lose weight.
1: That is a great idea. How do you like idea. that advice? I do like that advice. I think it's good. That would be something for you and I to conquer. Yeah. Because of our 25 plus years of marriage, it has been such a challenge and we're going to conquer it. We are.
0: Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's comes around every year and every year it's just like, I got myself in the same place. Well, so we're going to conquer happen? this year. That's right. Okay. Here's another question for you. What will you be the most happy about completing this year?
1: Oh, you know what this is. I know what the answer is. I know. I'm going to be completing my bachelor's degree because when you and I met each other, we were in college and right. I got my MRS degree. The best degree. Which is the Mrs. James Duvall degree, which you paid for, thank you, (laughs) (laughs) afterwards. But I'm excited to wrap that up and think about what kind of education I'm going to move into after that, or what's next for me and continuing to grow. I think it's pretty cool that I'm going to turn 50 this year, and I'm going to graduate college this year, and I'm going to be the first in my immediate family to do that. So I'm pretty pretty excited. I'm excited about it. That's awesome. So for you, what are you going to be happy to complete?
0: Well, you know, for the last couple years i've had this idea of writing the book i'd love to think that at the end of 2021 i could at least have a draft done of this book that's been stirring around in me i don't know if i'll get there but i would be super happy if i could complete that
1: That would be cool, and I think that you have a couple of books. You know which one I think is first, so we will will not tell our listeners and keep them in suspense. But speaking of books, you are a book reading crusher. I don't even know if that's I just made that up right now. But you crush (laughs) reading books every year. What are some of the books that you read in 2020? Maybe your top two or three that you like. This was so good. And then what are you looking forward to reading in 2021?
0: You know, for people who don't know me very well, I haven't always been a reader. Five or six years ago, I really started becoming an avid reader i've read a lot of books so it's hard to pick like one or two that are my favorite i go back and think of the ones that kind of stand out as books that if someone asked me what would you recommend there's a great book by tom morris called play those lemonade stand it's all based on this idea that you know when life gives you lemons you make lemonade out of it it's a fantastic book that's one that sticks out to me Another book that I read this year that I really enjoyed was Life in the Transitions by a guy named Bruce Feeler about when we go through transitions or life that's where real change happens and it was a really great book and then the third one that I thought was really great that sticks out in my mind is Nick Walinda who is a tightrope walker and has walked across the Grand Canyon and could never do great that. Things. his new book's called Facing Fear it's all about his journey of having to overcome fear in his, his life after a fall of some of his family members on the wires those are some of the books I read this year you know my approach to books every year, I don't really anticipate like, hey, I'm really looking forward to reading this book in 2021. Actually, I kind consider any book a good book to read. I have a list of about 50 books right now that are on my queue of books that people recommend to me. So I'm anxious about just jumping in and reading through those
1: books. How do you store your queue? Do you store that on Evernote of like what you're going to do? Or do you go in because I know you have a wish list on Amazon yeah. that I frequently go to and buy you those books?
0: No, I only keep them on Amazon. I have a book queue list. And so as soon as somebody mentions a book to me, me. For example, play those Lemonade Stand, I heard Dr. John Maxwell speak and he mentioned that book. So I immediately went on Amazon, found the book and saved it into my book queue list so that when I finish a book and I, I go to purchase some new books, it's right there ready for me to do. i the have to remember it.
1: Perfect. Okay. So a few of my books that I've enjoyed reading, I don't crush as many books as you do in a year. But again, I love that you don't pressure me to have your goals and I, I can live under my own goals. I'm released to do that. <laughs> You're released. Yeah. I would say Danny Silk is a author that I have become acquainted with this year. His book, Keep Your Love On, I really appreciated. I love anything about Gen Z. I'm just always intrigued about generations and how they interact with each other. So Meet Generation Z by James Emery White is a great book. And then this past year, I started something new in books is reading biographies, which shouldn't be a surprise that I have loved it because I love people and I love their stories. I want to expand because I've done a lot of pop culture, basically a lot of famous people, back in the 40s and 50s.
0: We know everything about Cary Grant and Howard yes. Hughes. And
1: Yes, I love Lucy. Yeah, Lucille, Lucille Ball. Ball. Yeah, I love her. But I'd like to expand into some different people this next year that will strengthen my faith and maybe inspire me a little bit more. The truth is the books and the biographies that I've read this last year really has allowed me to know when you have your focus on what you do rather than who you are, mm-hmm. these people all struggled with coming to the end of their being able to do the thing they do and not knowing what to do with themselves. And I know after reading those biographies, I don't want to be that person with the exception of Eleanor Roosevelt, but nonetheless, so I'm excited about reading some new biographies this next year that will inspire me to live life in a stronger way with more confidence. That's
0: cool. And if anybody's interested, I'm going to put a link to my reading list from 2020. So you can see the books that I read and maybe it'll inspire you to pick up some books as well. Okay. So here's another question for you, Lisa. You mentioned that this year we both turned 50 years old. So how would you like to celebrate your birthday this year?
1: Starting this past year, 2020, I knew that 2021 is coming and I knew that we were both going to turn 50. So I was actually pretty excited about you and I throwing us a 50 birthday party and inviting a ton of people and having a roast so that people would come and make fun of us and make fun of us. I just think it would be hysterical. And then have a pig, roast a pig, and have a lot of Southern food and sweet tea, and all that fun stuff, and just have anyone who wanted to come and be a part of that. Unfortunately, with everything COVID, I don't know if that's going to get to happen. I really want it to happen, but I want to do something exciting to celebrate. This is a milestone I was just researching, that 21 and 50 are two of the most signature birthdays that you can have. And 21, there's like this freedom and release to be. But I'm thinking 50 for us is going, it's a year of Jubilee it's a golden year I actually have only known one person in my adult life of 25 years so if I say my adult life started at 25 so in the last 25 years I've known one person who was excited about turning 50 right I just think that you and I have the opportunity to To set a new trend to set a new trend and say all the younger people coming up behind us 50 is going to be great 50 and fabulous 50 fit and fabulous. Because we have to go back to the reminder
0: of, uh, this year going, hey, at the end of the year don't overeat. So, so like, hey fit.
1: Lisa, don't share an entire chocolate cake with your son Parker for Christmas. That not is not that you a tradition. Would actually do <laughs> That's that. That's right. So I'm excited about turning 50. I don't know what we're going to do to celebrate it, but I definitely think that it's going to be a mark for our kids to see that we can grow older, wiser and that we can stand up straight and continue to learn. I'm excited about it. That's cool. Okay, so I have a uh, final question for you, okay. Mr. Duval. What time waster are you willing to let go of that you maybe had this last year and moving into 2021? Ooh, time, time waster.
0: waster. And that's hard because we don't watch as much TV as we used to. So we've dialed that down. I don't watch as many sports as I used to.
1: Maybe because they're not happening. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true.
0: That's true. I think probably I, I would have to say even reducing television more this year I feel like we only watch a couple hours at the most, maybe a day, sometimes none, but I think reserving that for special times or when there's not something more important to do. So I think that's probably one of the things I would say taking away something that's waste of time. It would be that. How yeah. about
1: you? Well, you know, you are the 5 a.m. guy. I typically do not rise until 6, 6.20-ish. Ish. ish. I think I could actually bump up and go, hey, I'm going to get up at 6 regardless. And that is being kind to you. I really need to sleep that extra hour yeah. because you want to get your reading done. And I come out and I instantly want to start chattering. Yeah. You interrupt
0: my time. Yes. But yeah. It's fine. It's good interruption. That's but- right.
1: I think that even though I know getting up at six, I'm going to cut in on some sleep, but I still know I'm getting good sleep. It's not like I'm going to bed at midnight. So I think that's a good time waster that I usually do that I could probably trim up there a little bit. The other time waster that I actually do, which actually sets intention for the rest of my day, no matter what time I do it. Are you ready to hear this time waster, James? What is it? That messes up the rest of my day when I do it only five minutes I can't imagine in one that. moment that it messes the rest of my day up. What's that? is talking about things that I have no ability to change or make different Yeah, that's true. And then it just sets my whole mood in a horrible way. So I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the mornings conversations with you and I at coffee, I've been a little bit more quiet. I
0: have noticed that lately.
1: Yes, because I'm just choosing not to talk about things that I have no control over because I'm going to release them. I'm going to do what I can do and then move on. So that's that's another time waster. We always say if you're not a part of the problem, you're not part of the solution, then it's gossip. But I would say it's not productive.
0: That's really good. Yep. Cool. Well, that's a little bit about what we're doing in 2021. Hopefully that will inspire some people and maybe give some ideas of what other people should do in 2021. And it'll be cool in 2022 when we're having this conversation to see how we lived out our words and lived out some of these disciplines. And I'm excited for both of us to look back and go, man, we've grown and we've developed because of the investment that we've put into ourselves.
1: Love it. So good.
0: So as we wrap up this episode, we want to let you know about next week. We have Nick Kane, He's the CEO of the A21 campaign with us. And next Monday is actually National Human Trafficking Awareness Day.
1: I see. What you did there. You're lining up the national day with content, it I seems see. like. I'm excited yeah, about that. Cool. As a part of raising awareness, we would love for you to join us wearing blue next Monday. The Department of Homeland Security has launched the hashtag wear blue day. So snap a picture of yourself wearing blue with the hashtag wear blue day. Also tag us at Live lead Last Podcast so we can see what you look like.
0: Yeah, we'd love for you to join us for that. Yeah. We would also like to invite you to subscribe and if you're willing to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd appreciate it. It will help us get the word out about the show and help others find it.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram and or Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. Leave us a comment or DM us. We'd love to hear from you. And remember, you can text the word live, L-I-V-E to the number 22454 and have new episodes, show notes, bonus content and exclusive offers delivered directly to your inbox.
0: That's right. As always, we want to encourage you to lead your life Life and leverage your influence today in a way that leaves a legacy that you want for tomorrow. Until next week, bye bye.